0: Good morning, guys. It's Louise Faye from Chronic Warrior Adaptive Boxing. Uh, excited to bring you another Chatterbox episode. This out this morning, should I say? Um, so far, you've you've met myself and uh, Chatter Rocks, Roxanne Steele, uh, and we said that we were going to invite some guests on um, and talk about all things lifestyle and fitness, and start talking about the conversations we wish that we were having. Um, and for me it felt like a natural thing to do, to start off with the first guest being where we started off with the boxing, which is with Clive Farron from Farron's Boxing Academy in Derby. So good morning, Clive. Morning, Louis. How are you doing?
1: I'm all right, thank you.
0: How's life in lockdown part three?
1: Oh boy, life in lockdown part three for me, You know what, I think I realised this week that um, it affects my discipline. Yeah, it affects my discipline and it affects my motivation as well. Um, so I think I'm not unusual and so it must be affecting lots of people like that. Um, yeah, which can have a very draining effect on the nation and on, on the nation's energy in general.
0: Yeah, because I mean, obviously, we've been in contact throughout the whole of the lockdown and uh, the whole of the pandemic, should I say? And I know um, you were really quite positive through the like one and two, um, and I was as well. And I spoke a little bit about this last week that lockdown part three kind of kind of hit me a little bit, and I, I I have struggled a little bit with this one. Do you feel the same about that then? That it's the third one that's kind of affected your motivation, Mark.
1: I think um, this third one has given me the realisation that this is not going to go away. And uh, that that being the case, um, we could have further lockdowns, um, which affects business. Um, And not just me, but everybody. So um, if we are going to um, continue, and we are going to continue, then I, I think that we need to change things. Talking about um, we, as in the, we, the gym, as a business, we, we need to change things around.
0: Well, this is, you know, one of the, the main reason um, that I was attracted to you guys, you know, two or three years ago was the community aspect of the gym. Um, you know, it's, it's family run for the most part it's a huge part of the Derby community um, and I noticed that you know you started to look at online options and um, to sort of continue that community feel um, and I think you've launched some new classes recently online Clive?
1: Yeah that's right yeah I mean we, we, we with this third lockdown coming I mean um, everybody kind of like has to change I mean, it's come, it came at the beginning of the year where a lot of people are looking to um, live up to their New Year's resolutions, lose weight and um, get fit. Um, and it's come then. So, I mean, it's it's affected a lot of people's motivation. Um, I, I, I've just come to the realisation that um, it's not something... You can't wait until this thing gets better before you start... Um, losing weight, toning up or anything like that, uh, you're going to have to kind of like get used to this new situation. So that's one of the reasons why we, um, yeah, moved on to doing online stuff, um, doing the, uh, the boxercise and the fitness classes um, Monday to Thursday, and uh, also uh, including a, a new yoga class as well, um, wow. as well as doing the kids' classes as well. Um, so we're just trying to reach out to the community as much as possible.
0: Absolutely. Do you know, I think um, some of our um, boxes would be certainly up for the yoga, um, Clive, so yeah, give us a shout about that one. Mm.
1: Um, Well, the yoga yoga classes are already running. Um, They're run by, um, we do, it's done kind of like online. My uh, niece does it. Um, Yeah, my niece does it. She's a, She's a qualified yoga instructor. So instructor. So it, it just kind of like fit in nicely with uh, keeping that family feel as well, from my perspective.
0: Absolutely. And, and like I say, that's what I absolutely loved about, about the gym the first time I came in. And obviously some of our members were we're using your gym once a month now. We guessed out of there yeah. and we, we were doing adaptive boxing sessions and and the feedback that we've had from the boxers that have um literally and as you know traveled from all over the country
1: yeah yeah i'm surprised how far they traveled
0: and, and it's amazing and you know we, we did um, a sort of a, t- a taster weekend didn't we in the sense we thought yeah, was, yeah and it, it you know the response has been phenomenal and i truly believe that is because w- whether you walk or roll into that gym you automatically feel that family that family vibe um i love it i really really do
1: <laughs> thank you Thank you. It's something that, um, it's something that I think that, um, gyms are missing, um, having that community feel, uh, because, you know, the, the industry, and it is an industry, it's sort of run by, you know, these big gym chains. And I, I tend to think that they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And what I mean by that is, is that, um, You need, I can remember when I was younger, a lot younger in my twenties and back in the eighties. Um, and this was before the rise of the health chain. What you had was you had independent gyms and they always used to make you feel part of the family. They always used to make you feel like, you know, you was, um, your customers valued. People take the time to talk to you. Um, and yeah, I can remember when all that changed and, um, they just threw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, it was a
0: twenty-four the... hour gym thing, wasn't it? Like that yeah. really, that really did sort of start to create that divide and that distance. And I, I mean, I've I've trained in those kind of twenty-four hour gyms, and you you go in, you don't recognize anybody. They don't recognize you. You don't have that conversation in the changing rooms. You don't. Mm. You, you know, there's you just there's no interaction with it. Um, you know, you, you go in, you've got your headphones on, your head's down, and, and that's it. Um, I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to think if I've actually ever seen anybody wearing headphones in your gym. And I think that's down to the music. I ain't going to lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with us being a commercial, um, with us being a, a private gym, um, not a health club chain, yeah, we, we can kind of, like, play, play um, uh yeah, a better range of music, I suppose, yeah. More suitable.
0: And obviously, we, we knew of each other prior to, to my kind of boxing journey starting. So yeah. for, people, for people who don't know, yeah. um, when I had my uh, post-surgery for me, um, the natural progression was to go into para swimming, because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to sort of participate in sport, Uh, traditionally with with the issues with my legs and things. And so I got back in the pool, I swum all my life uh, successfully. And um, my timings were really quite good. And I contacted Team G Bree at Loughborough, um, that's where our swimmers train out of, and asked if they'd look at my timings. And they said yes. and They sent me this um, form that I had to fill in. And my condition wasn't on the list. And so They just sent me a quite formal email back basically saying you're not disabled enough and so that was my i don't know if you remember this but
1: i remember our conversation yeah
0: do you um and so that was my first experience of
1: sorry you broke you broke up
0: sorry that was my first experience of trying to fit into a new community trying to find somewhere that i belonged again And when I come to to you Uh that first time, I remember saying that my dream back then was to have able-bodied and people with disabilities all training boxing in one place together.
1: And guess
0: what? (laughs) Two years down the line, Clive, we've done it!
1: (laughs) Uh.
0: huge! (laughs) The confidence it gave me in my own ability again. I lost all my confidence. I didn't feel independent. I didn't feel strong. I'd have been a police officer for ten years, you know, um, yeah. and clearance it, it, was the start of my, like I said, my journey. And it, it when people know boxing saved my life. Um. So yeah. <laughs> It's a nice opportunity. To you
1: know, I remember. I remember when you um, when you come to the gym. I mean, you know, from my perspective, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so it was a, a learning experience for myself as well.
0: Yeah, we were learning together, weren't we?
1: Yeah, basically, yeah.
0: Very much so. I even remember um, sort of like looking at trying to get into clinches and things like that, and um, almost trying to replicate what we saw in traditional boxing and. As the weeks went on, that's how we started to sort of realise that you, people can't just compare adaptive boxing to the traditional form of a sport. It is such nice. a discipline, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. A, it's, a, it's boxing, but not as we know it, Jim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, a colleague of mine... Um, Dan Biddle, he describes adaptive boxing as uh, boxing, ballet and chess, because you've got the skill of boxing, you've got the sort of, the battle of wits of chess, that mind game almost, and then you've got the grace of the, the movement of the chairs, just like in sort of ballet, and I thought, do you know what? You've nailed that. That's, that's pretty accurate.
1: uh uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The um, you know, as you said that, it just kind of like made me think. I mean, you know, with the wheelchairs, I mean, you um, you very much—it's very much about angles. Yes. Um, coming in uh, with people at different angles, and um, you know, you have to use the wheelchair to do that. Whereas, you know, boxers use their um, you use you use your wheelchair to do that, and also your body movement. Boxers, um, they use their legs yeah. and their body as well to uh, to create that movement. You yeah. know, to create that angle, to create those angles. So, yeah, yeah, it, on on many levels, it can be compared uh, to each other, but they, they are ultimately uh, different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes think about really really technical boxers like Lomachenko and Usyk, and the angles that they can work and the footwork that they need to be able to achieve that and i think that's about as close as you can to compare it when you see them just those little bits of um you know the foot movement and those little bits of body movement that just sneak into those little angles that you don't expect and with with the, with the wheels the wheels are almost faster than feet yeah. so you can yeah. really sort of start to exploit that and yeah it's it's a real craft but I'm biased. <laughs> um, but, yes. Brad, you've been, in- <laughs> you've been involved in boxing for a long, long time. So just tell us a little bit about your boxing journey, your history.
1: Oh, right. Boy. Um,
0: Get comfy, guys. I, Get comfy. Put the kettle on.
1: <laughs> I have my first... I, I have my... Uh... I had my first fight when I was about 13 or 14. Um, and I had, uh, so I was an amateur boxer. I um, f- had, what, 50-odd fights as an amateur. Uh, I didn't win anything, just kind of like national, uh, sorry, uh, local titles like Derbyshire, Nottingham not and Derbyshire, things like that. Um, as a pro, I had uh, 20-odd fights, travelled up and down the country. I was uh, effectively a journeyman pro. Yeah. Oh, that's how I was labeled. I didn't want to be a journeyman pro, but that's kind of like how I was labeled, which means that you're fighting other people's backyard all the time, and um, in close fights, you're always gonna lose because you're gonna give it to the 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 hometown fighter. So that happened a lot, but um, yeah, it taught me how to defend myself, how to um, how to look after yourself. yeah, you had to look after yourself. Um, when when that finished, uh, my uh, well, it wasn't when that finished. What I did was, um, as I was getting into, I, as yeah, I got into education and um, ended up doing taking a degree in psychology and blah blah blah. But um, the boxing, I carried on training all the way through, not fighting, but just, just carry on training, getting myself fit. And then um, I linked up with Clifton, my good friend. And, uh, we both took out our professional boxing licenses in 1993, I believe, uh, worked very closely with Clifton for a number of years, worked with, uh, champions, including people like Neville Brown, um, Damon Haig, uh, Oval McKenzie, Rocky Ryan, um, Sandy Ryan, my son, um, Myron, uh. Yeah, a few people. So, you know, and so I did all that. So, I mean, I've been, a. we've worked at, I've worked with people who have been, um, I've worked in British title fights. Um, I've worked in Commonwealth title fights. And uh, yeah, British Commonwealth title fights. I've worked in corners doing that um, with fighters that me and Cliffy trained. Um, The last seven, eight years, Sorry, you was gonna say something.
0: I was just gonna say about Juliet Winters, actually.
1: Oh, bloody hell! Yeah, I forgot what? about it. Yeah, you know what? I forgot all about that. But yeah, um, we before female boxing became popular, we had uh, three female professional boxers: uh, Juliet Winters, um, Sue Elmsley, and uh, what was her name? What's her name? I can't remember the other lady's name. Come back, Sarah. That. Sarah Davis. Sarah Davis. Yeah. Um, and they would they fought up and down the country. I mean, I remember taking Juliet. She um, won the British bantamweight title with us. Uh, that was on a Saturday afternoon in uh, Sunny Dagenham, uh, <laughs> and she uh, <laughs> she won on she won on points. And uh, I remember she. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic day. That was a fantastic occasion and achievement for us as well. Um, took Juliet abroad, went to Germany with her. Uh, she fought in Germany. So, you know, when people talk about female boxing being different from uh, male boxing, I don't think so um, because, you know, they use a different changing room. But, I mean, you know, the rest of the stuff, you got to, you know, a female jab is the same as a as a male jab, hook, backhand, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it's really all like about Bantam. treating people um, equally, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah,
0: I really like the Bantam weight. Sorry, um, i
1: can't on here, yeah?
0: I say I really like the Bantam weight, weight class at the moment in female boxing. Um, I'm a huge, huge um, supporter of... Um, of Rachel Ball, um, who has come from a kickboxing background, I think she's a three-time world champion in kickboxing, she's moved over to um, to boxing, and she was sort of thrust onto Matthew uh, Matching boxing's fight camp that they did during the second lockdown, uh, and she boxed uh-huh. Shannon Courtney uh, and won on points. Um, and then she's gone for an interim um, WBC world title, and uh, I've never really looked at the bantam weight, weight before. I've, I've normally sort of stuck to my weight and above, where I found it quite exciting. But it's a completely different um, skill set, isn't it? The speed that the <laughs> mover is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It really is. Yeah.
1: It's. Um, I think that. Uh, I think then the light, the lighter weights. They, um, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they, put, they all throw punches in bunches, and yeah. um, they move so speedily and effortless, effortlessly from from defense to attack and back again. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the speed of hand um, and movement is um, yeah it is it is impressive when you when you see it.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, she, Rachel's really, she's really tall. She's really rangy as well. Um, and I think maybe the kickboxing's helped with the footwork. I don't know. But um, yeah, she, it's it's kind of, yeah, it's me on for that. I'm quite into that weight, type, weight loss at the moment. Um, but you, you mm. just touched on, slightly changing the subject, you just touched on when you talked about your boxing history, Clive, about education. And I know about yeah. your education. Um but for, for those who don't, please tell us about it because I don't think you celebrate that quite enough.
1: everything <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, well, um, I got a degree in psychology um from the University of East London. Um I was very fortunate in that I had my uh, final year's research published uh, on anabolic steroids, case study of the bodybuilders prepared for Mr Universe. Um, So I'm quite proud that I can call myself a scientist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I wrote uh, wrote a couple of books. Um, One of them, I used to be a therapist, a hypnotherapist and counsellor. Well, I still am, but I just sort of like don't practise it. But I'm a qualified counsellor. Um, and hypnotherapist I've also got a um, uh, diploma in NLP neuro-linguistic programming um, i got some drug qualifications because I used to be a drug uh, counsellor yeah. um, as well so yeah there's also that side of me and I feel that I kind of I'm also like a qualified personal trainer and uh, stuff like that but you know I, I kind of feel that I use those experiences and experiences from life to kind of help people who are trained and who come to the gym or who people just people who come into our come into contact with
0: yeah and and I think that's that's kind of why I wanted to touch on it because when you trained me it, it, it wasn't just about the boxing it was it was about exactly that the the, the sort of the emotional support that you can provide as a coach um, but with boxing, how important do you think, for, 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 for boys, girls who are wanting to make a career in boxing, how important would you say it is to have some form of education, to keep, to, to keep on working at, at that?
1: Um, I think it's very important because um, boxing doesn't last forever. Yeah. Uh, your boxing career doesn't last forever. And... Um, I remember when my dad when I was 22 said to me what was I going to do when I finished boxing <clears throat> and I never thought about it until then I was thought I suppose I thought I was always going to be boxing and that made me go into um, go to college and take some O levels and then I went to take o levels and then I went into um, I went on to to uh, go to university um, education. Having a trade is, uh, or having a trade is very yeah. important for anybody involved in, in boxing because it's not something that is gonna go on forever. There is the, uh, the lucky few, and we all chase that dream, um, who actually go on to become, uh, in make enough money to, to, to make an independent living or to, to be able to retire and don't have to worry about money. But that is um, a select few.
0: I actually I think and I'm I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong but I actually think the statistic for that Clive is 3% of professional boxers retire financially stable from that career.
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh that's surprising well it's not surprising um I thought it might have been less. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, there's um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the charitable, charitable Ringside Trust, um, which is um a charity run by former champs, basically to provide that kind of support for boxers who come out of you know get you know coming to retirement, um, and don't have that trade, don't have that support, um, aren't necessarily financially stable, um, and I actually think there should be you know, more of these conversations happening in amateur gyms. Don't wait until we get to professional level to then realise, oh, actually, I didn't go to college, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, and now this is all I've got. And I think that's something that I really want to kind of um, spread that message with my younger boxers, that I know I've got people who are aspiring to be champions in boxing, but they've really got a knuckle down at school as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's very, very important. Um, because like I said, the uh, boxing is not something that's going to last forever. And because of that, you do need to think of how you're going to provide for your family or how you're going to provide for yourself, yet alone your family. If you're lucky enough to have a family, then yeah. But yeah, how you going to provide for yourself once, uh, once it's over? So yeah, the education, the education, I think, um is important and I think it should be part and parcel of um of the sport really and and as a as a former boxer as a
0: father um with a son who is a professional boxer very successful professional boxer Alex Ferrer um have you had sort of any input in that side of things with Alex
1: yeah it's funny as you'd mention that actually because um yeah I, he's uh, he's actually um he's got a degree he's got a degree in um sports science um and he was gonna um gonna go into teaching after his degree but he's uh, had a change of heart and he is now doing um now doing uh, electrical not sorry not a gas gas heating he's now gonna become a gas heating engineer uh, so oh. he's, on a, he's on a course to become a gas heating engineer. So when the boxing's finished, he'll um he'll have that. Brilliant.
0: So we're back after uh, <laughs> a little short break, had a knock at the door. Um but yeah, going back to what we were we were talking about, Claude, we were talking about Alex and um he's he's doing he's doing his uh gas and heating stuff. And I was just about to um ask what the plan is um for him with, with boxing at the moment. Obviously, with lockdown, it's changing fight schedules constantly and, and things. Has that affected anything that Alex had in the pipeline?
1: Yeah, he was, uh, he was first of all, he was supposed to fight in December and that got uh, postponed. It was uh, supposed to be in March. Again, it got postponed until March, but then that, that got cancelled again. So he's kind of up in the air, um, like a lot of boxers. Um, you know, this this lockdown thing it affects everybody's motivation. It affects it affects everybody's um, plans. Um, so yeah, it's so just a very difficult time at the moment.
0: What would you say to? to your son and to other boxers that are, are facing these these struggles, these problems, what would you say to them to try and keep them motivated? What would be your advice?
1: My advice is that um, this stuff is not gonna last forever. Boxing will come back. Um, and I'd advise them to try and stay within Yeah, within eight to ten pounds, seven to ten pounds of their fighting weight. Right. Right. That that would be my advice. Try and discipline yourself enough to say seven to seven to ten pounds within your fighting uh, above your fighting weight. Uh, Because that way, you know, you've all in a month, six weeks, you can give you can be back down into shape. Uh, But if you leave it and leave it and leave it and leave it, then uh, well, you could end up heavily overweight and uh, that affects your motivation, your self-esteem um, and your self-image as well.
0: I think actually that it's gonna kind of separate those who are really, really want it and those who don't, you know, because it's a real test of character, isn't it? To stay motivated for effectively now nearly a year, um, yeah. I mean, some people might have found that they end up being in camp for six months because they've done the 12-week camp, the fight gets postponed, rescheduled, so they're back in camp, staying fight-ready, and then that gets postponed. And so that takes a lot of toll on the body and the mind, doesn't it?
1: Very much so. Very much so. Um, And we're talking about people at championship level here. Um, If you're not at championship level... um, it, it, it's even more difficult because um, you got to make a living at the same time. So uh, sometimes you, pay, you have to put it, you have to put your boxing and that on the back burner. Um, yeah. But you know, yeah. My advice is the guys keep keep it similar, That's why I said about the uh, half seven, seven to ten pounds over um, above your fighting weight. It it gives you a shout. You're not you're not. You're not too far away from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where you, you
1: know, if you go like three, four stone overweight, I mean, wow, then you know, it affects your self esteem, it affects your motivation, um, it, it affects you, it can affect your self worth. So it's important to, uh, from, from that point of view, to um, stay hungry and, and keep some form of focus. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I know prior to um, the lockdown, the original lockdown, you were looking at starting to, um, put in some sort of mental health and emotional support within the, within the gym. Um, obviously, yeah, not, none of that can happen right now, but what kind of is the plan with that, Clive? I know you're quite, like, you've just touched on it there about how it can, you know, things can affect, um, confidence and self-esteem and things. Um, is that what, yeah, tell me a little bit about what you what you're hoping to do with the with the emotional wellbeing stuff at the gym.
1: Well, we've um, put some funding in um, recently, um, and we're looking to uh, do something for um, men's mental health. It's going to be like a drop-in. Um, they can come, they can train, they can talk to myself um, and the other staff around. Um, the, the thing about, the thing about um, one of the things that I understand about mental health is that um, exercise can help um, release endorphins, um, yeah. which, have, which have opiate-like effects on the body and on, and on the mind. So, you know, um, I remember very clearly from, uh, from my days of being an addiction counsellor, um, and working um, with, with with addicts. Just how important it was for them to uh, have a routine um, to keep their spirits high, and that uh, and um, sport, uh, boxing, um, exercise. Because our gym is not just a not just a boxing gym. It's actually a fully equipped weight training and cardio gym as well. Absolutely. sorry. Go on.
0: I was just gonna say, we've done a couple of
1: um, workout
0: videos, haven't we, at your place? Um, yeah. YouTube channels. Um, yeah. Using the equipment and things, yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's it, it's important. I mean, we, we also do stuff. Um, we've, we've also got online, we've also got videos, YouTube videos, um, of exercises that people can do at home. Um, yeah. And that's something that we're gonna be increasing. Uh, they're all free, but we're gonna be increasing that. Um, our online presence, so to speak. Can I also say, you know, like I wrote, um, I wrote a, a second book. Um, it's a ten-page book. It's only like something like forty-nine p to, to, do, to download, and it's for anyone just looking to lose weight, turn up, go to the gym. Um, it tells you it's worth reading because it's a quick read and it gives you um, saves you on a lot of mistakes you might make.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so it's good advice, and it starts. With you, you can hit the ground running when you're reading, and it'll and take about half an hour.
0: That sounds really good because it's not overwhelming. You know, if yeah. if the book itself was massive to read in the first place, that's going to be a stumbling block for a lot of people in, in itself, isn't it? About committing yeah. yourself, just just having the time to read the book in the first place. Um, yeah. but I think short sharp information like that is is what you need and it just gives you that little boost and you you can nip back and reread a, a couple of pages if you need to kind of thing um That's so great. if people want to get involved with the online classes the, the gym itself when we're, we're back up and running um where would they find it give us your social media information clive what's your website
1: right. uh, the website is uh f-e-a-r-o-n-s Ferrinsgym.com. Uh, our Facebook is uh, Gym We're yeah. also on Instagram. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but, you know, if people want to get involved uh, as regards the gym, what we do is uh, it's $12.99 a month to join the gym. Uh, and it's a six month contract. Um, the good thing about joining the gym right now is the um, when this lockdown's over, and it will be over, you'll automatically have membership to the gym as well. Um, like I said, it's a foot, and so you can do the classes. You can get back and start getting involved in that social interaction with, yeah. with, with, with people. And what's actually nice,
0: actually, is that if people join onto the online stuff now, they'll actually know, they'll know people before they even walk into the gym. Because I, I know you have got a little group chat on Facebook as well for people who um, who were, you know members and stuff. Um, it was really nice the other day, actually. Um, you just popped a little question in, into the group chat, just saying, "How's everyone doing today?"
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's... it's
0: those little things that make the difference.
1: Yeah,
0: it really, really is. Um, I, I absolutely, yeah. Say, so I'm, I'm a huge fan. And, it's all about the phone's love isn't
1: it (laughs) yeah well you know um, I I was sometimes I get lost for words but I mean it just just is that I mean I'm not saying uh, anything other than that that it really is it's just about the love Um, we have a lot of knowledge out there there's loads of people out there who tell you this tell you that they've read They've read this, they've read that. Um, but we have a lot of knowledge and we have a lot of experience in um, helping people achieve their goals, uh, helping people feel better about themselves, boost their self esteem, their self worth, um, and confidence. Um, yeah, exercise can do that. Um, exercise does do that. And um, yeah, we're all about the love and the helping people.
0: So, who loves you, Clive?
1: We do. Very (laughs) good.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, it has been so lovely to spend my Wednesday morning catching up with you, Clive. There's so much more that I would love to ask you, so I'm sure we can do part two at some point. Um, I know you're uh, busy with schedules and classes and all sorts of bits and pieces today.
1: Mm, So,
0: thank you so much for your time um and this will be yeah not only are we on spotify we will be putting this onto our youtube channel and our igtv as well guys so uh it's there for your pleasure at any point um so yeah great chatterbox with you clive and yeah any final words
1: stay safe safe, everybody stay safe
0: that's it stay safe stay
1: home stay active yeah (laughs) (laughs) Nice. guys. <laughs>